Welcome to the second episode of Your Time in the Run, the Huntsu podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow Brit, who's the life of every party, if he was partying with a bunch of corpses, Anthony Williams. Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. It's the end of a very, very busy week, as you might have guessed from all of the RTV Warriors social media. I've been quite inundated with podcasts this week. How have you been? Uh, yeah, good, good. Had a good week, good week of gigs this week. So Comedy yeah. show on Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah, so show on Thursday, part of the Leicester Comedy Festival, went really well. I ran a show on Tuesday that was amazing, and Saturday night did my first professional lineup up in Ilkley in Yorkshire. So, yeah, good, good week for gigs. Very good week. And also joining us is the lady who regularly shouts, Find your own bloody shoes! Up the stairs, Michelle Pierce Denovan. <laughs> Not in those words, but yes, I have been known to yell something about shoes in the past. Sorry, it's find your own bloody shoe hours because it's Australia, isn't it? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those serendipitous things when I'm watching the episode and Tony starts saying that sort of stuff and I'm going, yeah, she's just going to be my Michelle quote machine this year. Because yeah, you said it was in the first 13 minutes, and I thought, okay, yes, he's, he might use that. Yes, he might use that. <laughs> there was quite a few various Tony-themed ones. Um, the original one that I was going to have before she said that was uh, the lady who, when she's wearing a wig, looks a bit like Myra Hindley. That was a good wig. Oh, just Tony is the best. She's so good. <laughs> She's pretty good. She was my absolute favourite this week, not going to lie. And we're going to start with some corrections, because I did notice when I was watching this episode, it wasn't a Daily Mail that Merv had, it was a Daily Express. Also, I have been told to say that Doug isn't actually that awkward, because he did tell me off. And uh, also, hello to Nicola Ella's mum. Yeah. Good good to have you on board, Nicola Ella's (laughs) mum. Hi. She told me not to say hello to her, so hi, Nicola. So previously, 10 new fugitives went on the run from Bristol with just the clothes on their backs. Jess and Ella nearly got caught when they ran in circles. Hayley was called high maintenance. Merv defied expectations and intimidated Sherlock. And a couple grasped on him and revealed he was heading back to Bristol. And his plan is to try and stay one step ahead. Or, as they call it in the army, getting into the mind of the enemy commander. Is that Sherlock's new name? The enemy commander? Oh no, he's always going to be Sherlock. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Once called Sherlock, always called Sherlock. And the even better thing is, that's now official because it's in the Radio Times. <laughs> that's insane. So oh my gosh. I just love that it, <laughs> that in the same week that Sherlock starts listening to us, he ends up finding out that I vandalised his Wikipedia page and put Sherlock on there. And then it appears in the Radio Times. <laughs> but now it's like a circular citation. It must be, tr- must be true, because it's on Wikipedia, yeah, but can you verify it? Yeah, it's in the Radio Times. I'm 100% going to use the Radio Times article as the citation. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter where they came up with it from, because it was us. It just matters that it exists. It was way back in season one, wasn't it? Two. Two, okay. It was the, the episode entitled Sherlock's Bongo, because that uh... is still one of my favourite episode titles ever. It is my favourite episode title ever. I was thinking that when you were doing the awards, we should have had best episode title. <laughs> yeah, Sherlock's Bongo is is an episode that is close to my heart, because I think that was the one with the uh, the Lionel Richie poster as the banner as well, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Good time. 
So HQ are tracking Merv on May 28th, and Doug has requested CCTV, and Merv gets dropped off at Bristol Temple Mead Station and is heading to Manchester, where most of his network is. However, there are two teams of Crown Hunters that are five minutes from the station, and Merv says he's reluctant to wander around given how public it is, so he decides to wander around outside the station, just to try and blend in. Yeah, and, and and as predicted, although I thought it would be a few episodes in, as predicted, it was a simple tap on the shoulder kind of thing. What a shame. Yeah, Steve and Lucy see him, and his time on the run's over on day four. I'm, oh, I'm disappointed. Well. Same. I am too, but also I think Merv would have been the sore thumb sticking out if he'd stayed any longer. I think they always would have kind of targeted him because of knowing of his background and because he appears to be a bit of a uh, an easy target. Yeah. It's a shame because of how, you know, troublesome he was last week, but it makes sense that they showed so much of him last week because there wasn't a lot more to show of him now. No, uh, I kind of wish they'd spaced it out over two or three episodes because he was fun. <laughs> I'm, by the way, very much on day watch this, <laughs> this year. Okay. Like, any time we hear a day, I am having to note it down now because... There was a bit of monkeying with the timeline this week, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think we jumped around a little bit. Yeah, I don't know whether you spotted what I spotted with the Dan and Haley segment, but they definitely were not around the same time as Merv. No. Merv got no. caught on day four. Yeah, I can't remember when we started, but it was it was still in May, wasn't it? Well, mathematically, it would have been the 25th. Right, so we were well beyond... That by the time he gets done, Haley. Yeah. And Sherlock says they were expecting him to last a bit longer, as was he. And he says that he underestimated the hunters quite badly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and something also of note um, this was chronologically Sherlock's first capture as boss. Uh. What, what, as the word, as the, the person that's boss, but what about, don't you go with the celebrity? No, but celeb was, celeb was filmed after. After Norma. Right. It always is. It's always yeah. normal person, and then they have a few days off, and then it's a library straight after. Okay, so that's why he was very excited. So yeah, the reason he was so excited is because this was chronologically his first capture as boss. And I am deliberately wording it as boss, because for some reason he's boss rather than chief. Mm, it's on you, Twitter now, in inverted commas. You know why that is, don't you? He can't be chief. Yeah, there's only yeah. one chief of the hunters. Because, yeah. because I am the chief of the hunters. No way. <laughs> you were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Yeah, I'm a bit out of practice with blacks, I just realised. <laughs> you need to get back into um, into practice. It's a little bit too Michael Caine at the moment. Yeah, apologies, chief. He's got a podcast now. Oh, right, okay. I'll get some tips. Listen to that and get your, get your blacks impression in shape. <laughs> so the other nine are spread out all around the UK, and Tony is from West London and is in Somerset with her friend Daisy, and she was seen outside a garden centre getting into a red car. Tony's great. I'm gonna we're gonna love Why? her. Why did she climb over a fence and not just walk around the house? Like it would it would just seem really bizarre. She didn't just climb over the fence, she climbed over the fence, fell, and then went bollocks. <laughs> yes, I didn't add all that. Because she's great fun, that's why. <laughs> she is, she's such a fun character. I was getting a bit of a winner vibe from her this week. 
I don't know whether you thought the same thing I did. Yeah, I, I did get a little bit of that. It, sometimes it's just what music they score scenes with and just the general tone, nice bit of backstory. Yeah, it was definite winner vibes going on. And Sherlock says that he doesn't want a dressmaker from Fulham beating them. And she tries on wigs at her friend Daisy's home. And one of them makes her look a little bit like Myra Hindley. <laughs> it's actually quite good. It's certainly better than that wig dad in Hunted US. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, a million times better than that. What was that rubbish? And her wig was just amazing. It just looked like her normal hair. Yeah, but the first wig that she she wore made her look like Poison Ivy. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's true. It was, it was a bad costume wig, that one. And she says she has three children and a very full-time job, and when you're in your 30s or 40s, life becomes quite relentless. Ironing in one hand, fending off work emails in the other, and shouting, find your own bloody shoes, up the stairs. And going on the run can't be any more stressful than that. That I is like correct. That. Yep. And that is what I write on my apps for Amazing Race. Amazing Race is not stressful compared to home life. I'd rather be on the race. Yeah, but it is stressful for your home life because you're constantly trying to evade the authorities and try not to let them know where your children are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'm actually quite impressed that you managed to just wander straight into that massive bear trap of a joke, Michelle. <laughs> I don't care. You could you could make that joke out of anything I say. Um not going to lie, Logan's currently watching Australian Survivor, or catching up on Australian Survivor, and he's like, Michelle's tactics were so terrible in, in her boot episode. And I'm like, well, yeah, her motivation was just trying to avoid going back to her children. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you're going to confuse people from the Survivor page. You're going to listen to this thinking, Michelle doesn't have children. Oh, yes, she does. She has she has two children, and she regularly goes on Australian Survivor just to avoid them. Oh dear. Okay. Well, getting back to hunted. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You know, um, <laughs> you know how Tony said she's going to get around by using friends of friends. What a great idea! However, don't contact the initial friend to get through to the second friend. Otherwise, yeah. you may as well just be with your initial friend. I know. Please stop saying the word friend. <laughs> friend. Friend. <laughs> it's all merging into one. <laughs> I, I thought exactly the same thing, Michelle. It's like that friend of a friend of a friend is great as long as you don't lead them to part one of the chain because then you've, you've created the link for them. Yeah, it was a real shame. What is she doing? Yeah, but leading them to part one of the chain gets us a wonderful banner this week. So there are, you know, some positives. Not, not for Tony. Well, no, but for us. Mm. For us, it's great. Who did Boss ring? Boss, sorry, I'm going to stop saying that. Who did Sherlock ring? Who was sitting in the car? Was that Steve sitting in the car, hanging around, waiting for him to ring him? Uh, well, it was Carl and Mark. In a bush. Oh, okay, sorry, Mark. It's the Mark. I always get mixed up with Steve and Mark. I don't know why. Um, what do they do? Yeah, me what do they do when they sit around all day? What are they doing in that car? That's what I want to know. Are they playing something on their phone? Like, if they're hanging there, I'd really like to know. So one of the hunters, please tell me, what are you doing in your car for hours on end? Unless otherwise stated, I think that they're doodling on pictures of Sherlock's face. (laughs) That's just my impression of it. (laughs) Could you imagine? So, 
HQ might think that she's an obvious sitting duck, an urban sophisticate and very London-centric, and they are wrong. She's not intending on sitting around. She's got friends all over Great Britain. She's planning on using friends of friends to get north. And her... See, it, it's kind of a grey area. He's not technically a business partner. He just is allowed to use her premises as a London one. But her friend, Mike, the photographer, uh, gets identified by HQ as a potential associate. And Tony calls him right after HQ identify him. And she arranges to meet him at 1pm in Winborn. Yeah, it, it's too close, isn't it? It's far too close. It doesn't matter that it's not official. They're, they're always going to find Michael. And also... If I'm not mistaken, they do have to give a list of um, close associates in their applications anyway. Yeah, and he's going to be on there. So she says she feels safe around Kath, who she's staying with. It's the exchange she's worried about. And she texts Mike, HQ got a live ping on it, and the hunters get dispatched. And she trusts Mike implicitly. But HQ are tracking him because he's still got his phone on. Yep. It's a whole catalogue of errors at this stage, isn't it? Uh, she's started with someone too close. She's then set up a link to the next person. He's got his phone on. Oh, this is not good. At the risk of sounding like Michelle, it's all getting a bit stupid. <laughs> stupid. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, how many mistakes can these people make? Haven't they watched the other shows? And she says that she looks like someone who can't slum it without her Louis Vuitton luggage, but actually she's quite scuzzy. Yeah, I love that. Utterly scusty. <laughs> Which was another potential Michelle uh, intro this week, actually. <laughs> I don't know that term. What does that term mean? Just a bit a, a bit grubby, a bit grotty. Right. I like how she just got on a random coach that was just standing there. She managed to negotiate her way. That was great. Uh, could I just get on your coach? Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> it's fabulous. <laughs> it's great. Hey, you do what you want. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And he drops her off in Oxford at around 5.34pm, and HQ realise that she's been dropped. And Carl and Mark are dispatched to investigate, and she says, I've got all these people hunting me, I don't know where they are, and I'm just sat here alone behind some bins. <laughs> which, which is places to sit wasn't too bad, actually. She was quite well camouflaged. Yeah, she managed to hide herself, at least. It's certainly not the worst hiding place we've ever seen. What would be the worst hiding place we've ever seen out of interest? Oh, God. Do any come to mind? Oh, yeah. In in their car outside, was it Taco Bell? <laughs> yes. What was that? Taco Bell was my instinct as well, Michelle. Oh, yeah, God. Taco Bell car park. <laughs> yep. And HQ make the link that Mike's son lives in Oxford, and they connect Dan, who is Luke's friend, to the area. But Mark and Carl see no movement at Dan's address, and Sherlock gets frustrated. Yeah, I think, I don't know how close this actually was, but it looked like it might have been relatively close. Well, it was definitely the same day. Yeah. But also, if she was dropped off at 5.34, that's, you would assume, getting a bit close to the end of the the hunting period for the day. Yeah, I don't think they were far behind her. Um, You can never tell, can you? But there wasn't any kind of daylight change or anything like that, so... Yeah, I think I think they were really, really close. It was a good bit of detective work to get that. Sadly for them, she gets on a random coach to Manchester, and they'll never find her. <laughs> and she says, "Am I allowed to just jump on your coach and head off somewhere with you?" How many times has she said that to random people? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got she's got posh woman charm. She's going to get away with stuff. It'll work. Very true. 
So Michelle and Floyd have been investigating Dan and Haley, and Haley being, forgive me for saying this, high maintenance. Another classic Sherlock quote, that one. Forgive me for saying this, but she's a bit high maintenance. <laughs> Can I just say, I was so confused when you just said Michelle and Floyd. All of a sudden I went to Survivor and Amazing Race at the same time and thought, hang on, no, this is hunted. <laughs> if I say the name Michelle, do you not automatically assume I'm talking about you? <laughs> um, no, at the moment I keep thinking about Michelle from Survivor. <laughs> but you're the same person. It explains why we had to have the six-month break is because you were off filming Australian Survivor. <laughs> and Haley doesn't like leaving the tent until the last minute. And in another great quote from these two, they're stars already. They've been together for three very tough years. They met at the gym <laughs> as a personal trainer-client relationship, and he slid into the DMs. I love that. These guys are brilliant. They're so good. Haley, stop being so negative. Come on. Get on with it. Focus, believe, achieve. They're just so good. It's been hard. It's been hard three years. They're ace. I love it. Also, something we did miss out on last last week, we had a, a Wigan impression off, and Michelle never got the chance to do a Wigan impression. Oh, that's true. I've got a Haley quote for you, Michelle, if you want to do one. What? North? What What have you got? Uh, it's Haley saying, there's never any day uh, without drama when I'm about. No. You know what I did, though? When they were walking up on that hill, hills and dales, they were, they were walking up a hill, and I think Dan was singing. He's singing a lot. And she said something, and I actually copied her in the North accent, and I thought, ah, oh, that's not too bad. But I have to hear it to be able to copy it. And so, no, I can't do it. <laughs> How about this? Repeat after me. Haley, focus, believe, achieve. Focus, believe. No, I went Indian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've stumbled upon something that is going to be my favourite every week now. <laughs> So every week now that Dan and Haley survive, we're going to pick out a Dan and Haley quote, and I want Michelle to do it. <laughs> yes, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to focus, believe, and achieve to do that. <laughs> because Michelle attempting Wigan is already my favourite. It's the best. It's the best. I'm hot now. Really? Oh my god. <laughs> this okay. has already so, broken me. <laughs> yeah, I'm else. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, when um, Sherlock said, oh, Hayley's going to have to want to put her eyelashes on, just I think Sherlock needs a lesson with Danny in that girls who are as high maintenance as Haley doesn't ever put her eyelashes on. Someone <laughs> else puts it on for her and they last for three to four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, so Floyd and Michelle are dispatched to interview Haley's dad, John. And Michelle looks through his phone, but he admits he was told to delete everything, and everyone is under the impression that there are no backups anymore. There are backups. There's always backup. And HQ find in his backup a picture on WhatsApp uh, mentioning a holiday cottage in Penrith, which is the one that Dan and Haley are heading to. The cottage is booked between the dates of the 5th and 7th of June. Yeah. Which puts this much later in the hunt than Mervyn was captured. Yeah, this puts it about day 10 or something, doesn't it? Maybe even longer. Uh, day day 12 is. So we're already halfway through the hunt with these guys. So, what does that tell you? That we've had all of our footage from four days from Merv. We're already up to day 12 with the, Dan and Haley. I think there's a lot of entertaining footage from them, because we've seen yep. this sort of stuff before, and then they're going to disappear for a couple of episodes and reappear probably at the end. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Mm. 
I got the impression last week that Dan at least was probably going to win this year just because he seems like the sort of character who would do very well. I still think they're going to split up, potentially, because I think she will just throw in the towel at some point. But it it makes a lot more sense if you know it's day 12, why she's getting so kind of stressed about never having a shower. Yeah. If, as they implied, it was like day 4 or 5, then she's just looking high maintenance. But actually, it's over a week later than that, and she probably hasn't had much in the way of grooming for the past two weeks. So it's kind of... A lot more acceptable that she is kind of like, oh, I'm so knackered, I just want a proper bed, if she's been camping for 11 nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Ailey is scared of the massive cows in the field. <laughs> the cows? <laughs> They're just cows, Ailey. They're, They're just, just cows. cows. Oh, God. It's going to be like this the whole time, isn't it? Michelle, can you, pl- <laughs> can you please say the word cows in, uh, in a Wigan accent for me? What did you say? You went cows? <laughs> <laughs> Ailey, it's cows. 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 They're just cows. cows. That's all they are. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. Oh, we found our new favourite joke, and I cannot wait to keep making Michelle do Wigan. (laughs) Um, When they were walking, you know how Dan said to the camera, oh, Ailey's starting to get tired now. I don't think they've been walking for many hours. Like, it wasn't even, it was still broad daylight. But, I mean, we've discussed this before. As soon as you head to the Lake Districts, it's one of the wettest places on Earth. It constantly rains there, basically. It's something like 30 days of n- of no rain that they get a year. So, it, yes, it's a great place to hide, but also, if you're camping there, it gets a little bit miserable to be constantly rained on. Mm, I suppose. Especially when compared to, as Haley's dream was, being in Mexico drinking pina coladas and thinking about <laughs> what she can have for lunch. <laughs> and Nick sees movement, and Sherlock dispatches her and Kayam to investigate, but it was a false alarm. Nobody's home. And Dan and Haley are actually in a bed and breakfast called Mags How, and the owner says that it's seven hours' walk from there to the cottage, and they decide to stay in the B&B. He tries to kiss her, but she doesn't reciprocate quickly, and says it's very awkward. <laughs> they're brilliant, these two. Just loving everything they're doing. And for the second time in two weeks, we've had a really awkward confessional from them. Because last week we had the aborted high five, and this week we have the aborted kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sherlock uh, moves both hunter teams away from the cottage. Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting sec- section, this, because they're nowhere near where they thought they were, but it, it feels all a bit odd. I don't know what it is, I can't put my finger on it, but that whole sequence felt a bit strange. Yeah, I mean, knowing what we know about the fact that they've got to do something ballsy at some point... Um. What do you think Dan and Haley are going to do? Oh, God knows. Uh, well, we know he's doing the naked thing at some point. Yeah, we know We know he gets <laughs> his dick out for the hunters. It looked to me, from the quick glimpse we got of the window, that it looked like the windows at the cottage. Yeah, it did, it did. It, mm. Yeah, it looked, looked like some, yeah, some sort of B&B place. Because that was my first thought when we saw the cottage, was those windows look very familiar. Mm. So if he does that... That still doesn't technically count as the public thing because the hunters have been moved away from there. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just found it a little bit odd. I felt like they were supposed to be at the cottage in this episode for some reason. But, hmm, they're obviously still going to go there. Yeah, maybe they have a good gut feeling about the hunters probably being onto the cottage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question is whether the hunters have still got 
eyes on the cottage with cameras or whatever. Yeah, just because they've left doesn't mean they've they've dismissed it. Mm. I think we'll find out. I think we will find out. There's there's clearly a sequence out that cottage, unless they happen to go to another B&B somewhere. Yeah, another B&B with very similar windows. Yeah. So, in the Scottish borders, we get more content from Tony, where she pretty much says she's going to win. She walks across a field with military debris, and she says she's finding it hard, but last year she had a health scare and had two friends who died, and she's taking advantage of every opportunity, because if not now, when? Yeah, this is a lovely bit of Nick Harvey telling us who's going to win, I think. I was thinking when I watched this on Thursday night, we haven't actually had a female winner since they started giving money away. No. No, we haven't. We've still only had two female winners and neither of them got any money for it, which is really interesting for me. Yeah. I wanted to see her fall in the quicksand. I wanted to see quicksand. (laughs) The question is whether someone would intervene if she did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the cameraman's there. I suppose he would. Yeah, but I don't think the cameraman's supposed to interfere. I suppose if someone's going to actually die, he may interfere. Yeah, you would hope so. Or you, or the sound guy and the camera guy would have an argument as to, well, should we rescue her or not? No, I think it's good It's good uh, fodder for the show. Let's taper a bit more till her head goes down. Then we'll get her out. Meanwhile, she's in the background just going glub, glub, glub. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So HQ are struggling to work out exactly who Tony's network is, but need to get ahead of it to work out who's next. So they start interviewing her friends, including Daisy, who has adorable dogs. <laughs> that was just my first thought on her. She has really quite cute dogs. Daisy, who's really good at resisting the interrogation techniques. Oh my lordy lord. It's in your bag, Daisy. If it's in your bag, it's your note. I don't know how I got in there. Oh. Just get the bag out say, yeah, it's a note, but I'm not telling you what it means. That's all you have to say. The best bit of this entire scene for me is Danny's obviously well-practised mum face of, mm, you're telling me mm. nonsense. <laughs> I can see her doing it to Sherlock. <laughs> and so many times during the day. Like, you can tell she's so well-practiced with just going, "Mm, you're telling me absolute nonsense. (laughs) It really makes me laugh. (laughs) It's one of those situations where I see that scene and immediately in my notes just writes, great batter of daddy. Yeah, it's it's mum face. It's when a mum does not believe anything you're saying. So when uh, Jordan and Danny are interrogating Daisy... Jordan says the iconic words, Badger, what does that mean? <laughs> and then, oh, it's a shame we, we, she wouldn't have counted for the awards. Because <laughs> then we get the best NPC in a long time. Because Daisy reveals that Badger is the nickname of a woman called Jenny. And HQ put her phone on monitoring. And Tony is meeting Badger in the Highlands, and she has Tourette's and might swear. She's brilliant. And I do love how Tony obviously has never seen this show before. Because she thinks that this won't air after nine PM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love I love Badger. Can we have Badger on the next series, please? Get her on the run. She's amazing. It is a real shame <laughs> that we don't get HQ intercepting her calls. <laughs> I'm hoping she makes a reappearance. She's wonderful. I love her. Well, apparently Tony and Badger have been on a, a show together before. Really? Yeah. Apparently they were on a dog show a couple of years ago, according to someone on Facebook. 
Oh. Oh, she's lovely. Apparently Sony's a dog trainer as well. Uh, okay. I don't know if any of my comedy friends listen to this. If you do, let me know. But as soon as Badger was mentioned, my head immediately goes to a character act from the West Midlands called Mr. Badger, who ironically tells the most filthy material imaginable. My head for like five minutes was just, oh, my God, what a double act this would be. Consider a Mrs. Badger. This would be incredible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, surely anyone called Badger has to be paired up with someone called Bodger. Well, you'd think so. Yeah. That is the natural world <laughs> order. And Michelle has no idea what I'm refer- referring to there, which no. makes it even better. I, I don't think I want to know what you're referring to either. It's a children's programme called Bodger and Badger. This is quite popular in the UK. Um, it was a puppet badger who was obsessed with mashed potato, basically. Of course. And it's where Standard. my mind goes to as soon as I hear the word badger. <laughs> yeah, well, that was my previous reference, but now it's Mr. Badger. And uh, the fact that she's got to rats just made it even funnier with my head of what an amazing double act Mr. Badger and Badger would be. <laughs> so HQ intercept the call of Badger, not Badger, trying to get Tony to Edinburgh. And Sherlock dispatches teams to Edinburgh to try and intercept her. So I've, I have a thing here, right? Even even if you don't think your calls are being monitored, make some effort not to be specific about things. There's always going to be some reference that you can say. I think we had the, I think Bob and Alex did a good job of this last time, didn't they? Where um, where where they said um, meet at the place where something happened or something like that. Just mm. don't be explicit about the location. Make them do a little bit of legwork. Also, forgive my ignorance, but. Would that really be a good tactic with someone with Tourette's? <laughs> we getting there to make the call. <laughs> Not necessarily the swearing bit of it, but if she unintentionally reveals things or says things... Well, yeah, I mean, she is going to say the thing that is wildly inappropriate in, the, in any given moment, so she's quite likely to say something like that, yeah. I may be yeah. being really ignorant about Tourette's there. <laughs> No, I, I think I'm not an expert, but I've, I've seen documentaries where, yeah, often the thing that comes out is the most inappropriate thing in that situation. So that could be something about that. Um, yeah. My impression would be that if you told her not to say some information because she's nervous, she might accidentally reveal it in the call anyway. Yeah, it's possible. And therefore, it's probably not a good idea to get her to make the call. Possibly not. But uh, mm. but anyway, as a general point, fugitives, try and be a little bit subtle about places and, and times, locations, all of those sort of things. And then we move to Derbyshire, where Ella and Jess are playing with toilet roll. <laughs> yeah. What? What? Because, because why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't understand. They're just having fun. I'd be interested to know what day this was. Some random room playing with a roll of toilet paper and strategizing how to get it up there. Like, I don't understand. Why? You can just tell that that was a scene that the editors loved, but thought, this has absolutely no relevance to the show whatsoever, but I really want to still put it in. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just our introduction to Ella and Jess, is them trying to, between them, move toilet roll from their feet to their mouths. I was basically doing the Danny face. (laughs) <laughs> at the screen, at that moment. Is this what we're now going to call it? Doing the Danny, Danny face, yes. <laughs> the Danny face, just calling people out on their bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's 
the Danny face. <laughs> if I didn't already know that Danny was a mum, I would be able to guess it just from that face of like, mm, really? <laughs> <laughs> so we find out that Ella and Jess met at school, and their story all centres around a game of spin the bottle when they were 15. And HQ suspect that they've stayed quite local. Wrong. Well, locals to, their, to one of their bosses. Well, yeah. So Nick and Kayam are sent to interview their families, and Ella is very determined. And Nick hides a listening device in Ella's parents' house, while Kayam distracts them and gets them to take him to her room. And Helen does a fake call to Nick to try and worry Ella's parents. And then the listening device reveals Ella's dad, saying it would make sense if they're heading north. Because they're heading to Ripon. Yeah, which, which is a little bit of a reach, isn't it? <laughs> really? It is, but as I always think when I see anyone on Facebook, because I'm not engaging with anyone now, but there's like probably 60 hours of footage that is cut from that of where they actually work out what the connections north of, of uh, their parents' houses are. Exactly, and they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't, because if they, if they put something in like, it makes sense to go north, and then, hey, press they go up north, everyone's like, oh, well, that's a fix. But if they don't, and they just go, Yep, let's go up north. Everyone's like, where did that come from? So they have to find something that makes their investigation make sense, don't they? Yeah. Also, after last week when we were talking about the heist idea of the behind-the-scenes documentary, I was thinking about it. I'm not sure they could do it for Hunted, because a lot of the tactics that they use in Hunted are the same between series, and it would potentially give new fugitives an unfair advantage. Yeah, possibly. Because... We probably only know about half of the tactics that HQ really used to find these people. If that. Other than slipping Kevin O'Leary a £20 note and saying, go on, give us a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Kevin. <laughs> I have a question. Answer. When the hunters left Ella's parents' place and they popped, I think, Dad's phone in a, in a plastic bag and said, we're just going to take this. Where are they taking it to, and how long will he not have his phone for? It was Ella's phone, I think. Oh, was it? I thought it was Dad's. And anything like that gets sent to HQ for ethical hacker Doug to ethically hack. Okay, so he's not losing his phone. That's fine. No, no, they'll get it back. Another correction from last week was the fact that I accidentally said that Doug was only credited as an ethical hacker in Series 1. It was actually Series 2 as well. Uh, Ah, I've been getting a real bollocking from Doug this week on, uh, on DMs. He's been fact-checking you. Yeah, yeah. He has basically been my fact-checker all week. It's been hilarious. So they use a phone belonging to the driver's wife to uh, contact Jesse's boss, and they want him to take them as far north as possible. And Sherlock tasks HQ to work out what the current contact in the north is, and then Hattie makes the connection to her boss. Yeah. Again, it's this link thing. Think about both ends of the chain. If you're you're introducing a random number to a known associate, you've now made that number not random. Hmm. Something interesting I picked up on in the next bit, though, and I'm wondering whether you did, was Sherlock says, right, we need Johnny Barrow's phone on Live Intercept. So, yes, so I, I refer that? you to my line of notes that says, how does Sherlock know Jonathan is called Johnny? And that is the exact line that I have in my notes. How does Sherlock <laughs> know he's a Johnny? <laughs> yes. yes, and maybe he's... he just calls any Jonathan or any John a Johnny. It's possible, isn't it? Um, but... I I suspect somewhere further along, he'll refer to himself as Johnny, or someone close to him will refer to him, and then it will all make sense. I think this is a bit of uh, retrofit HQ footage. I think it is as well, because the camera was very careful to only show Sherlock's face. Yeah. 
nothing in the background like how many people they've caught or anything. Yeah, I think they've. I think this is, uh, yeah, this is done in later. This is more Channel 4 fakery, and this is proof that this show is rigged. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and fake. <laughs> so, yeah, the girls are in a forest and planning on meeting Johnny today, added in later. And they're feeling as safe as possible right now, at least until dogs start e- eating their food and pissing on their socks. And then they didn't thing. bother to get up. Why are they getting up? Why were they watching the dog eat and then do a wee? I don't understand. They seem to be fighting over who was going to get up and then the dog just weed on something. It's weird. It's, weird. <laughs> it's, a, very, it's a bit of a strange episode. I'm, I'm sorry. They're treating Ella and Jess really weirdly in the edit. I've noticed this. Yeah. If, if they were on Survivor, they'd be getting the dodo music every time, wouldn't they? There's... It's weird. It doesn't make sense for them to include the scene with the toilet roll and then just them giving a confessional to the camera while dogs eat their food and piss on their socks. That doesn't make sense to anyone else. <laughs> it's, isn't, it's a little bit removed from a winner, I did. <laughs> and not to mention the fact that we basically saw their capture scene in the pre-titles bit. Yeah, that is also true. Like, I'm, I'm wondering why they're handling Ella and Jess in this way. It's really weird. Unless it's a whole massive misdirect and they actually win. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's odd. No, that's not happening. I don't think it, it is. can't possibly happen. <laughs> Having said that, the implication in the pre-titles is that that scene where Carl runs around the fence going movement in the garden, which we see mm. next week, that's implied to be Ella and Jess. But if it was Ella and Jess, we probably would have seen the other clip from the pre-titles where they actually appear in relaxing in the garden. So I'm not sure that that is them anymore. No, I thought it was just someone else. I don't think no, it was named think, Ella and Jess. I, 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 know, I know exactly what you mean, but on this week's next time, I think it's, is it Frankie and Daniel, the Brummies? Mm, I think it's yeah. them. I think it is as well. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that they're trying to misdirect us with the pre-titles, by implying that it's Ella and Jess because we see the scene of them relaxing in the garden. Mm. But I don't think it is them. I think probably it is Dan and Frankie. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Also, when the girls walked into the pub, where were their backpacks? What did they do with them? It's probably under the table. No, but they walked in, ah. there was nothing. I look at stuff like this. It's just, I, you remember words and vague things in the background. <laughs> I remember things like big things, I suppose. How can you not know that they didn't walk in with backpacks? Because I was too busy, like, laughing and thinking, that Danny face is definitely the banner, that is definitely the Michelle quote this week. (laughs) See, you can't focus very well, can you? (laughs) Well, I didn't live-tweet it this week deliberately because it was just too much to kind of focus on, especially at the end of a very long week. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jill and Paul are dispatched to try and talk to Johnny. The girls head into a pub and start reading the menu and basically just salivate. <laughs> it did sound nice, although very expensive. How oh much God. was she paying at the end? It was a lot of money. It was 40 for quid. Yeah. I thought she said 40 and I thought, no, that's got to be wrong. She must have said 14. No, it's for, it was 40 and keep the change. Yeah. 14 or 14? 4 zero. Yeah. What the hell? It's, it's a pub food. Pub food. $80. 
we're going to deep dive into this now. The <laughs> the menu items that we heard were about sixteen quid each for the main courses, which is very expensive for a pub. I'll be wow. honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a main course and a drink. Yeah. So, be, yeah. Assuming they're J two O's because it looked like a J two O. Assuming they were about two or three pound, then thirty eight quid roughly for two people. It's very expensive for one. That's course. crazy. I went to a pub in England. Had three courses for ten pounds. Yeah, that was Weatherspoons, Michelle. There's a difference. <laughs> no, it wasn't Weatherspoons. Actually, we did go to Weatherspoons, but it wasn't that one. It was something down south. I love spoons. <laughs> I love spoons as well. We we've discussed our love of spoons before. Um, Weatherspoons, please sponsor us. You're the best. Uh, <laughs> and come and see my comedy set. There was no. There was no soup. How can there be no soup? It's the epitome of like cheap and cheerful pub food. Mm. Although it's very handy when you're flying through Heathrow, being able to sit in the Terminal Five pub and use the app on your phone to order your breakfast, like Spoons I do. Up's that's amazing. Much. Spoons up's the greatest thing. It is. It's the greatest invention of modern uh, of modern times. <laughs> so Jill calls Johnny, and he says he's on a bus with patchy signal, and then just hangs up on him. Jess rings Johnny. He says the hunters are on their way, and that the girls need to get out of the pub quickly. HQ get the call. The girls haven't paid yet, and Aisha says that they have a team so close to that. And like any good Bond villain, Johnny gets interviewed while stroking a cat. <laughs> I've been expecting you, Mr. Hunter. And Paul gets a call from Sherlock about the pub, and him and Jill are less than five minutes away, and the episode ends with them driving to the pub as the girls settle the bill. Can you tell me why they would use a phone to make a phone call before they were ready to leave? Like, you... You withdraw money when you're ready to get out of there. You make a random phone call when you're ready to leave. You don't make it before you've even paid or, I don't know, gone to the toilet or something like that. They're just the plain stupidity of these fugitives. I just can't take it. I can't take it. And it's always the women. You know it's always the women. Why? Can they put a smart woman on, please? Can they put a super fan of Hunter on who is a woman who knows what to do? Just once. Just once. Sherlock, once. Danny, find a woman who knows what to do. (laughs) My God. I think it was pure naivety that they wouldn't connect the dots to Johnny so fast. Yeah, of course it is. That's always what catches teams out. They always don't think they're going to make connections. They always make the connection. If there is a connection, they will find it. Don't use people with connections. It's less focus, believe, achieve, more focus, believe, naive. (laughs) (laughs) I bet Dan and Hayley were gutted that they missed out on a nice pie, though. I know. Stick and ale. Stick and ale pie. Come on. Pie. I sound like... You know who I sounded like then? I sounded like Phil Kogan saying spa. <laughs> I think by the end of the series, we just need to keep doing Michelle Dude Wig, and it's my favourite thing. I'm so hot now. I need the aircon on. It's too hot in here. Oh, God. Also, for a little behind the scenes thing from last week, I did send Michelle a picture of a pucker pie after, uh, after we finished. <laughs> so she does now actually know what a pucker pie looks like. It does look good. Yeah, it was clearly a marketing shot. No pucker oh, yeah. pie I've ever eaten looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is you you get them from uh, from the yellow sticker fridge with uh, with a pack of Yakult. That's true. That is true. 
Yakult. We're just, we're just doing all of my we're just doing all of my material. This oh week. yeah. <laughs> can I can I just point out how you said your cult then? Yakult. 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 Oh my god. In Ant's comedy set, it's Yakult. Therefore, I'm saying Yakult. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So next time, Paul lets some builders, Tony hides in a house, Dan and Frankie make a lot of calls, and Carl spots some movement in the garden. Yep. I think we get a one-and-done episode with um, Dan and Frankie next week. That's it. It's interesting because I thought that, and then I've read the episode four synopsis. <laughs> well, that's, that's cheating, mate. <laughs> I mean, next week's synopsis is... Childhood sweethearts Jess and Ella are running scared in rural Yorkshire as the hunters prowl the country lanes in hot pursuits, while businesswoman Tony moves further north. Unaware, her every move is being tracked. Best friends Ben and Rob try to get one step ahead by communicating with friends via Xbox, but one crucial error may cost them dear. Having been let down by their friend, Frankie and Dan reach out to their network for help. However, they quickly realise they're trapped in their safe house. Mm. So that implies to me there is no Dan and Haley next week. Having said that, this week's one also implied there was no Dan and Haley, and you know they love putting Dan and Haley in these episodes. Yeah, I, I would imagine they'll they'll touch base with them, even if there's no real plot lines. All we will see is just Dan accosting Haley as she's getting ready in a tent in the morning, and that's it. That's all we'll need to see. Or yep. singing, him singing on the pathway somewhere. Yeah, or a bit a bit of backstory. Yeah, I think there will be a capture next week. I just don't know. <laughs> And for the record, the Radio Times synopsis doesn't spoil who gets captured. No, I, I would still go with Dan and Frankie next week. I think Dan and Frankie seem to be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Having said that, going back to the um, the Carl running around the garden thing and movement in the garden, didn't we see a clip in the pre-titles of Dan with a, a GoPro strapped to his chest running through some fields? I think there was. It was either in the trailer or in the pre-titles. There's definitely something of Dan running through a field. The naughtiest thing he's ever done. <laughs> well, we will see. So, any predictions on who's going to win? I, we haven't, I we I'm, haven't seen any of Ben and Robert. No, so I can't see them winning on the basis of that. But we really? actually we get an introduction to them next week at least. Mm. But I think pretty much every season when we've had a winner, we've we've had some early contact with them. We've not waited till episode three to meet a winner. I'm sure. Well, we had Ben and Rob um, spooning on the, the canal path last week. Or the yeah, last week. but it was not a lot, was it? But if if you go on that proviso, then Ben and Rob, uh, Frankie and Dan don't have a chance. No. That means we've got to choose between Haley and Daniel. Well, Haley's not getting there. Maybe Daniel will. And Tony or Ellen and Jessica, I don't see them getting there. Could be Tony. I'd like Tony to get there. Then again, in the first series, um, Stephen and Martin were only introduced in episode four. That's true. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. And last series, more importantly, proved that we cannot guess anything from the edit anymore. No, there might not be any winners. (laughs) No winners, you get no winners. Can you imagine the absolute anger that there would be if there was no winners again? I'd love it. It'd be so funny. It'd be so funny. As much as, obviously, I love, like, half of this cast already after two episodes, it would be really funny if nobody wins. It's not going to happen. Dan and or Hayley, I I disagree. I don't think they will split up. I think they will... She will get to crisis point, he'll pull her through, and it'll be working together that gets them to the end. I think that's the story. 
I'm reasonably confident that Dan's going to get there. After this week, I would definitely put Tony up there as a potential winner, given that we had so much winner content offer this week. Yeah. Haley, it depends. She might just throw in the towel. Although, if she throws in the towel, is there a chance that HQ could try and break her? Mm-hmm. Like they always try when they capture one person of a team, they always just try and break them. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure whether Haley would stand up to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ella and Jess, as much as obviously they're entertaining us a lot, I don't think they're going to win. I think probably they'll be very lucky if they get through next week. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ben and Rob we've seen nothing of, but that doesn't necessarily mean they they won't win if we get loads of content from them for the last four weeks of the series. Dan and Frankie we've seen nothing of. At all. Yeah, I I think they're probably a one and done next week. Yeah, that's just my instinct that there's so little content because I think it would be interesting if they mention what day it is the first time we see them. I think we'll meet up with them on like day four or five and that'll be it. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of monkeying with the timeline this year. And I know we say that every year. But the... <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah, you too. The fact that we start this episode with Merv on day four and then immediately jump to Dan and Haley on day 12. Like that is quite spectacular monkeying with the timeline. Imagine what the but general as as we... fans would say if they knew that sort of stuff. Well, maybe they should pay attention. Ooh, yeah, we don't talk. want them to talk about this sort of stuff because it would just fry their brains and then they'd be arguing on the page more than what they do now. Yeah, but it's entertaining because I'm just not engaging anymore. I mean, it's not a problem when they skip forward. It, it would only be a problem if they then went back to something and try and made it look like it had happened out of order which they generally don't do it's just mm. if there's if there's a lot of content then it's fine for, to be on day 12 for dan and Haley because there's four episodes therefore there's probably another 10 plus days of footage of them so that's fine and also we do have to point out we have actually caught them all three of us in going back and re-recording sherlock calling him johnny we assume which never <laughs> happens <laughs> and i know i'm gonna get an angry dm off sherlock as soon as this episode goes up going no that was filmed at the same time <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Sure, Dan. Sure, sure. So have you got anything else you want to say? No, I, no. it was good. I don't think it was a spectacular episode, but it was solid, so that's good. Yeah, it was a solid episode. I mean, OK Hunted is better than a lot of things. They know exactly what they're doing. I mean, this came up in episode 300 a lot, is the fact that they know exactly what they're doing. They're confident in their product. They don't really care. There was 173 Ofcom complaints, despite how hilarious it was. So, thank you for listening to our Hunted Recap. We'll be back same time next week for another episode. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors, or you can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Anthony's on Twitter at Bullsboy. Michelle's on Twitter at Bear3333333333. And I am MJ Harmstone. See you next week. But with that, for this week, your time on the run is over. Bye. 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 Bye.